Jared, I wanted to interview you for a couple of reasons. Uh, first, you're a Christian entrepreneur. Uh, what kind of blessings have you got from that? How does that help you excel in business? Uh, I feel that helps me excel in business just because I focus on serving people um, just as Jesus did. Whenever I'm focused on just serving people, the blessings and abundance just happen. I mean, they just show up. That's really all. I mean, that's the main thing I focus on. Um, I had, I mean, this injury I sustained a severe one about a year ago. Um, I mean, a, a light bulb came off during that time. So there was some good that came out of it. And I've been, I mean, I read my Bible every day now. I mean, some, some miracles happened that day. I don't have time to get into everything that happened, but a light, like a light switch kind of turned on in my head. And I just have this connection with Christ now. It's unbelievable. That is funny because that same thing happened to me at some point. So not the injury oh, yeah. part, but it was also like a light bulb went off and it just changed my life. So, but awesome. uh, now your uh, industry is helping people a lot and it's a really unique industry. Can you explain exactly what credit repair is and what you do for people? Yes. Credit restoration. Um, what we do is our legal team will draw up dispute letters to go out to all three credit bureaus at the same time. Um, we do a hard pull on their credit report and dispute every negative item on that credit report, creating a very quick turnaround. Uh, the competitors, they, they go after one bureau at a time just to slow the process so they can keep charging that monthly fee because um, it is a monthly membership, pretty much every uh, credit restoration company, because sometimes it can take longer than couple months. Um, I mean, we usually start seeing results in 45 to 90 days, which is the quickest legal turnaround we can possibly get. Um, a plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Um, and the difference, we kind of stand out because uh, it's a protection plan. We want to take their finances to the next level, not just repair their credit and then be done with them and let them make the same mistakes again, not learn anything from it. But we, we empower them with a will and trust power of attorney, identity theft protection, 24-7 um, credit monitoring, access to a credit attorney. And, and I mean, we have 12 total services that come with our financial protection plan. But credit restoration is the flagship and what people most uh, gravitate towards because, I mean, especially with the state of the world right now, a lot of people have credit issues. Yeah, especially I bet coming off of COVID, you know, people were out of work, couldn't go to work. <laughs> um, and uh, so how does a person start like after this pandemic, start raising their credit score? Or how do you help them raise their credit score? Um, well, first, um, anyone that's interested in raising their credit score, uh, we offer free consultations. So we'll identify what credit lines, what trade lines they have going on. Um, what negative items they have that need to be removed. And if they need, I mean, if they need to add additional trade lines, we've got uh, some unique programs. Uh, one in particular that I love, uh, Credit My Rent. I mean, rent, it should apply to your credit anyway. I don't understand. I mean, that's anyway, that's besides the point, but we can make that count towards a person's credit. We can go back up to 24 months and basically within that first week of you applying to get credit my rent towards credit your rent, um, 
it'll only take about a week or two and you can apply 24 months of good credit history and on-time payments instantly to your credit. So that's one of my favorite programs. Um, the credit restoration, absolutely. We got to basically get a restart on your credit, remove all of their negative items, which that goes along with the dispute letters and help them get into a credit card. I mean, you don't want to build up a bunch of debt, but you don't, you don't want to go over 30% of your uh, spending on your credit card. And I mean, it's tough to get into some credit cards sometimes, especially if you have poor credit. So what do you do? There's some unique programs out there where some are prepaid credit cards or uh, there's some other unique programs that we would discuss with them as well. Now, you mentioned that uh, before uh, with credit cards. So how do you properly build up your credit with credit cards? I've heard that quite a bit. Um, from my experience, too, I thought at one time, best thing is to have no credit. I pay off everything. Right. And then that actually hurts your credit score. Um, so it's best to have credit cards. And I know from experience now, for me at least, it seems like if I, I charge something, it's best to pay it off right away before that 30 days. If not, it seems to lower or raise your score. You can't predict what it's going to do. So what's the best way to handle credit cards? You don't want to go over 30% usage. That's number one. Anytime you go over 30%, you are going to see a drop. And you, now you don't have to pay it all off, the 30%. I'd recommend it, but it's not going to hurt your credit. As long as you stay in that 30% kind of window there, you're okay. But you want to stay on top of it. Ideally, pay it off every month but do not spend the, the max and then start making payments like a lot of people do, make a big purchase or whatever. So whenever you can, I mean, another trick, if you're not gonna be able to get it below 30%, see if you can raise your credit limit. But that doesn't mean spend it, Now that, but that'll get you down to the 30% sometimes. Now but a yeah. question for you, how can you say you had issues, maybe the pandemic again, you have some issues, how do you uh, legally go about repairing it? Or how does your company go about repairing it for people? Um, what can you do? I know I seen a great tip you had the other day, and I would have never known this, but you said never dispute something online, always send it in the mail. Uh, that's correct. I know a lot of the I know you got Credit Karma, you can dispute online, but uh, that system was created by the bureaus for their benefit only, not ours. And then you have certain rights under the FCRA, but when we dispute online, we're agreeing to certain arbitration clauses where you basically give up the right to ever enforce those rights. So you'll never be able to sue for non-compliance and it also prevents the creation of a paper trail, which is also very important when repairing your credit. So yeah. And then another tip I'd like to point out is for our kids, if anybody has kids, you can add them as an authorized user. Now you got to be responsible on your credit cards. Uh, the parent does, but you can add the kid as an authorized user on the credit card. Don't give them one, but they can inherit all that good credit history. So when they graduate high school or whatever, they're not starting at ground zero. So that's another tip that I think anybody that can should try to utilize or adults. If you got someone you trust and you need a quick, I mean, but you got to make sure you trust them. That's a, can be a slippery slope. I just uh, had an employee and I just uh, handed him my card and I said, don't be coming back with a challenger or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be hard to hide that charge. Right, right, right. So when you go to start repairing it, uh, 
repairing your credit, how long does the process take or does it vary depending what's on your credit report and what can be done about just bad credit in the past? Well, the credit attorneys are going to drop the dispute letters and they know all the language that they need to use and whatnot. And everything might not come off on the first round of dispute letters, but we keep going at it and going at it until everything eventually comes off. And now anything can be taken off your credit, even you don't have to pay something down for it to get removed, believe it or not. Now that doesn't necessarily completely wipe out that debt. It, they'll still probably come after it, but you can fix your credit before you go that route is what I'm saying. You can get those negative marks off your credit as a first step if you want to. Let's see, what what was the rest of your question? I'm sorry. Well, um, I guess how long does it take to correct a lot of that? And then uh, I guess, how, what is the process? If you could explain it, you said, you know, a lot of times it might not come off that first letter. So do you have to do multiple letters and Typically, three rounds of letters will take care of it, sometimes only one. Um, it's, you should see the results you want in less than 90 days. Some 45 to 90 days is the window people start seeing results with this. Now, if they agree to start the process, um, as soon as they sign up, the legal team's going to drop the dispute letters. They're going to send them to the client. They have to sign them and then mail them out to all three credit bureaus. Now they legally have 35 days to respond. So you'll start getting letters in the mail reports from all three credit bureaus. Then we scan those, send it to our legal team and they make the necessary adjustments and we go at it again with whatever we need to do. So, and that goes into my next question. You know, I found a long time ago from being in business, I could probably repair my own credit but it's going to take me, it's kind of like you, if you went into a car shop and said, my engine shut, I'll just do it myself. Well, you're going to take off work. You're going to spend a lot of time doing it. Um, and then you might not do it right. <laughs> and right. you still have to pay a professional. So if somebody wants to use your company, say, how does that process work? And what does it cost usually to repair somebody's credit and, that might be an unfair question because somebody might have two things on and somebody might have 20 things on. But if you could go over the process and some of the costs, that would be terrific. That actually isn't going to make a difference in cost if someone has 20 things on there as opposed to two. Um, the letter You're going to get the letter. I mean, they're going to do more work, the legal team, but cost stays the same. It's 89 bucks a month. Um, and like I said, we empower them with 12 total services, and I can list all of those off real quick. That would um, be terrific. Yep. Credit restoration, what we've been talking about, a credit attorney, will and trust, a budgeting tool, a debt payoff tool, 24-7 credit monitoring, a financial lockbox, put your social security card and whatnot in the cloud, because people are losing that stuff all the time, and then you're screwed if you're out of the country or whatever. Um, identity monitoring, that's more important now than ever. Uh, net worth calculator, savings goals. We try to equip them with just a quick, more than just a quick fix, basically. What? Let's go over that. Nine a month. I'll go ahead. Sorry. sorry. 89 a month and um, five referrals. If anyone refers five people to the company or me, uh, that 89 a month fee is waived. So they get they can keep all twelve of those services forever after five referrals. Um, 
but it's 89 a month. Typically, you wouldn't have to have it for more than three months if you're just focused on getting those negative items off your credit. So 89 times three or just however long it takes. But I encourage anybody, I mean, it's a staple in my life. I encourage anybody to just do the five referrals and you don't even have a payment and you have a powerhouse of a tool. No, that's, uh, I was going to ask you about that, like your budget and savings tools. Uh, what is that then? Uh, your budgeting tool, uh, you'd have, you'd probably just have to play with it. Um, it's just a way to organize all your bills, expenses, uh, how much money just gives you a, a whole picture and an easy to navigate, um, app or tool just so you can see how all your spending is going, where you can cut back. Um, just so it's not a guessing game for you, really. And you can actually uh, follow through with those savings goals and big purchases you want to make in, down the road. And then the will and trust, is that something you actually do for people then along with your attorneys? Or how does what is that service? Yep. Um, within, the, within the app or the application, um, I mean, you'll have to fill out ver- whatever information. And then you send that uh, directly to our legal team, the credit attorneys. Um, they'll make it a legal document. They'll send it to you. And I mean, and those costs upwards to $3,000 if you do that, like a la carte. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge tool. You came up with a lot of different things here. It's uh, pretty unique and pretty terrific. Uh, what, uh, how did you come up with the idea or has it evolved over time or? Uh, this actually is not my idea. Uh, United Credit Education Services is the company that I've leveraged. United Credit Education Services. That's who I've partnered with, and I leverage their services um, into my credit business. It's the staple to my business. I've used it personally. Uh, My credit, I was at a 632 and went to 753 in less than 90 days just using this platform, not paying anything off. Not that I had a whole lot, but that's just not what was required for me to get some of those things removed. Well, I appreciate the interview and everything. Can you uh, share all your contact information and the name of your company and everything like that so people know how to get a hold of you and start repairing their credit and get on the right track? That'd be great. Um, name of my company. First off, my name is Jared Pribble. I hope I mentioned that at the beginning. Uh, the name of my company is Alpha Agency Credit Restoration. Uh, you can reach me at 573-480-6024. Um, like me on Facebook, that's Alpha Agency uh, Credit Restoration. Or you can email me at alphaagencyus.com. Well, I sure appreciate it, Jared. And is there anything else you would like to add or any more tips? Uh, I think that's it for now. Uh, I greatly appreciate you having me on. Um, and I hope we can help a lot of people. So I would think so. You're right here at the lake, and that's what uh, the new radio station's all about is working with people at the lake. Awesome. Well, I'm here. I'm ready to help. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, thanks, Bradley. I'm here today with uh, Matt Hunter, and then we'll get going. Okay, sure. Uh, my name is Matt Hunter. Uh, I live here at the Lake of the Ozarks. Um, you know, I've been involved in ministries for probably a good 14 years, different areas here and there. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in Christian ministries. I'm currently pursuing a doctorate in Christian leadership. Um, you know, I'm 
married, have three boys. Um, and I just enjoy hanging out at the lake, you know? So <laughs> what, uh, I, I, if I, I heard you're a podcast and yep. I I've heard about kingdom man before, but what do you consider kingdom man and why is it so important to you? Um, well, I feel a kingdom man is someone that's, that's committed to the King, you know, um, a man that thinks kingdom minded, uh, a man that's kind of, um, views God over anything else. And, and the problem or the reason I think it's so important is that, uh, we're lacking men in this world, you know, that want to step up and be men. Um, it, if you look around our culture, um, you look around most churches, um, there's more women than there are men. Um, and that's not what the Bible says that we're supposed to be. Men are supposed to be the leaders of their home. Men are supposed to be um, those guys that, that really step into that role and, and stand for the king, you know, and, and are that example. Um, and I, I mean, we see it in why gangs are so bad. You know, there's the, the, these boys have lost their dads and they're looking for someone to fill that role. And um, men aren't stepping up and doing what they need to be doing. And I think that's the biggest reason I think that men should be kingdom men is, is just to fulfill that role that God's called them to be. Yeah. And I, matter of fact, part of my sermon on Sunday was not even knowing you were going to say that, but how <laughs> the church, I think uh, many churches for decades have kind of went downhill, but a lot of families have just for that reason, you know, the parents aren't stepping up to be leaders and lead mm. their kids and show how it should be. Or even like, I know your kids go to church all the time. And that's awesome. But a lot of Gen Z and millennials, I find don't even, it's not that they don't want to follow God. They don't know anything about it because yeah. they weren't raised that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And how, uh, how important do you think that kingdom man is to the family? Well, like I said, um, you know, the, the, the problem is, is that we have so many men that haven't stepped up to be the father that they need to be to their children. And these children have looked in other ways. And I think that's where our generations have just slowly fallen away from God. You know, it's like a roller coaster. You know, if you look back at the forties and fifties and how involved parents were in the family. And since that, the family dynamic has dropped. Um, even if we look at sitcoms, you can see in sitcoms, you know, from, from even, you know, the seventies and eighties, as it progressed through the nineties and into the two thousands, the whole man role was, became a mockery, you know? <laughs> and, and I think that's why kingdom men are so important to the family because those men need to step in and teach those values to other generations and and you know some some boys lose their fathers and we understand that you know but that's where it takes other men that are leaders within the church to step in and, and disciple and help in that raising of orphans or you know help the widows with their children and things like that and to be that dynamic in the family right now the more i've studied this lately the more the family has just like you said went very much downhill over the decades and I hate to see if it doesn't change where it's going to end up so right now um how important is I want to say it a couple different ways but discipleship or keeping the generations 
knowing about God and having a relationship about God and not just in church, but like I said, your sons go to church, but they go to church for the right reason too. And I think that's important. You know, it's one thing going to church and then leaving and living a different way, you know, 167 hours a week. I can tell with your sons, they don't. And how important do you think it is to disciple that into generations and families to get back to where we should be? Well, you know, I, I think it's it's highly important. I mean, even if we look at the dynamic of education through the centuries, you know, um, through the centuries, education has been a forefront. And even, even if we look back at old Israel, um, you know, family was what educated the kids. And then once they got old enough, they went into synagogue and then they, and then they learned from there and went on. Um, and even if we look at our own culture um, through the colonial times and things like that, family dynamic was important to the raising up and building of religion and, and things like that before they ever hit school age. And um, I think we lose a lot of that. We, don't, we aren't instilling those values in our children when they're young. Um, you know, the Bible talks about that, um, you know, to teach your children these things so when they are older, they won't depart from them. And if they do depart from them, that they will come back to them because they remember those values and they know that those things are so important. And I think that falls into the same line with discipleship. Um, I think that the church in general has fallen away from discipleship. We got so, we got so um, pointed at going and spreading the gospel, but we forgot the part about discipling and staying and, and, and helping those people. And, and I think that's one of the biggest parts that we we've lost out on. And I think now we're starting to sh see a shift in that where we're going into this new phase of a lot of life groups and things like that, in which there's that dynamic of building that community in which we can disciple and build in other generations. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more. And what I see is a lot of churches with a strong base, but then not reaching out so that people outside that need to come in, they're incredibly, a lot of talent in yeah. certain churches and a lot of leaders in certain churches, but they kind of need to spread out and go out into the community a little bit and bring mm -hmm. the people in, you know, or yeah. at least plant the seed you know you can't force people in that would do no good but <laughs> if you right, could right. plant the seed out in the community yeah, about about reaching out in those outreach type programs and getting out there into the community more in outreach type areas yeah I right agree. right yeah matter of fact that uh, interview was going to be today but it's now tomorrow uh the cross over music festival oh yeah yeah and i can see where that's you know, great for reaching out in the community mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully get, bring some people to Christ. So, right. Absolutely. So uh, what is a daily walk, would you say, with a kingdom man? What, what does that look like? I, I would say just, you know, having that kingdom mindset every day. So how does, how does that look in your day? You know, where are you starting your thoughts at? You know, when you start each day, are you starting your thoughts on God? Are you waking anew and letting him have control of that? Because as a man 
And, you know, I can tell you if, if we don't start our day with God, our thoughts are going to wander. Our, our minds are going to be on what do I have to do today? What is this job? What is this job? What is what is this task I have to complete? You know, whatever the case may be, our minds are going to wander and we're going to be stuck in that. And we're going to keep pushing God to the side throughout the day. But if we start with God and we we move forward with starting with God, then our whole day revolves around God. We remember to put him at the forefront, you know, um, you know, through your day, are you praying about just talking to God? Are you letting him have those things? Um, you know, it's all about intentionality. And are we being intentional in our in our walk and trying to keep connected to God and be a, that kingdom type man? Yeah, and I, I think that's really important because where you say praying throughout the day, the devil can sneak in pretty quick. So if you're yeah. not doing that, somebody's going to be there. So it's right. important to keep that presence with God. So, and now you started a new podcast called the mighty men of the King. Um, can you tell a little bit about that and your plans for the future with that? And well, right now <laughs> I'm, I'm just letting God have control of it. You know, I, I, I don't have any big plans besides the fact that, you know, I felt that God wanted me to start a podcast and I didn't know how that looked. And, and one of the biggest things that I've had on my mind lately is, is men and, and the struggles that we face as men. And so I started this podcast to just be out there for if a man's searching, if a man's looking for something, you know, to, to be an encouragement, to help spur them along in their walk. And wherever God takes that, it's in God's hands and I'll just let him have control of it. And I'll just be faithful and keep putting them out there every week. So. <laughs> sounds good is there anything else you'd like to add and how could we find you um well i'm available on uh, uh my i record all my podcasts through anchor so you can find it on anchor 